On every campus, there's a need for Jesus. Students and faculty are eager for someone to come and invest in them. What if they're waiting for you? I'm Carolyn. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to the Ministry Playbook Podcast, where we dive into all things campus ministry. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how we can help our friends who are far from God grow towards faith in Jesus. Isn't that right, Carolyn? Yeah, it's exciting. So it's a really good course. We're really excited to talk about, um, explain what we call in university, the five thresholds. And it's really a paradigm tool to help understand where our friends are at in their spiritual journey. So next episode, we'll talk to the people that created this, Doug Shout and Jamie, who's Associate Director of University. So really excited to just be able to pick their brain on their use and the journey that they've come using the tool. The next episode, we'll talk about more practical tools of how to really flesh this out and use this on campus and with your friends. And then the last episode, Jamie and Doug will actually be coming back and we'll be talking to them about coaching, um, how to bring these kinds of tools to your campus. So Steve, can you just give us a little background on what is the five thresholds? Sure. So here's the reason I love the five thresholds. For me, when, when I was involved in campus ministry as a campus staff with InterVarsity, I started to see that my best fruit of my ministry, the best evangelism that I did came when I was able to match my activity to where people were spiritually. And it just was super powerful to be able to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen this really come in my own relationships and my own witnessing when I've just been really stuck with people of like, I'm telling about Jesus, like, why are they keep asking the same questions or like, and then understanding that's actually not the question that they're really asking. Their need is, is actually different and it's reflecting differently. So it it was a helpful tool. It's been a helpful tool for me of really caring about my friends and really seeing where their actual barrier to God was rather than maybe what they're putting it on the side. Like some people are very combative. It's actually because they're really seeking. And that's that was a really helpful way to, to think about it. The five thresholds isn't just an evangelism tool for like how to get people to convert. It really is a worldview and a paradigm shift and not saying evangelism as black and white as non-Christian and Christian. It's seeing people on a spectrum and knowing that their journey can move across their steps of faith. And it's also really helpful that I think as, as volunteers and as students, people have a lot of different paths to get someone to come to faith. It's not just the person at the very end that's asking them the big question. It's people that are building trust with Christians that or from people that are very distrusting towards Christians, that's also a huge win. And it's celebrating those steps and seeing that it is a journey for these, for these students. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that whole paradigm shift from conversion as a point to conversion as a journey is one that InterVarsity has really been exploring over the last decade, decade and a half, 20 years. And it's, it's really driven a lot of our evangelistic fruitfulness. We're seeing more students and faculty come to faith in Jesus Christ as we start to see conversion as a, a process, as a journey, and something that we can really come alongside people as Jesus does his work in their heart and in their life and, and moves them step by step through this. So it's going to be really great for us to be able to, to sit down with Doug and Jamie to hear about the origins of the five thresholds. 
but uh, Carolyn, I think you were hoping today that we would actually just give like an overview and what are each threshold and, and what does that look like? Is that is that what you think would be helpful today? Yeah, I think that'd be great. I think, you know, there's so there's five. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like a lot, but I totally tend to forget where we are in the spectrum. So I think it'd be good for us just to talk about each threshold. And then next week, um, when we interview Doug and Jamie, they'll get a little bit deeper in how we can use the thresholds um, to understand. But I think it's really important to know where our friends are in their faith journey. So if you're li- so if you're listening to this and you say, okay, okay, I hear that first threshold, trust. I, I hear that. I want to know what to do with it. And you're, you start to feel frustrated with me and with Carolyn because we're not telling you what to do with it. Just wait, listen to the next episode, subscribe to the podcast so that you get the next episode. But you know, we, we realize that there's going to be a stages here where you're going to need to learn the thresholds and then learn how to, how to use them. So Carolyn, what's the first one? Oh, I was just going to say, and Jamie and Doug will tell you, it's just all about practice. So we're going to throw a lot of information at you. Uh, we will try to split it. We will have these in the show notes. Um, but we, it, the best thing is to do is to practice with your own conversations and, and also assessing where your journey is. So we'll just talk, start. So we'll start with trust. Um, and the, the sentence that's helpful is, I try to value all types of people, but normally I don't trust Christians. And I think a lot of people actually really fall in this category, especially in certain regions like California. There's a lot of people that have very bad experiences with Christians. And I get it. It totally makes sense. I was an atheist for a long time. I was like, who are these people? Why are they trying to sell me? So I totally get it. And so the goal in this threshold is to gain trust and really just build genuine friendships. Well, some of these people have never even had a friendship with a Christian. So it's more like, I think in my head, it's like, oh, you're cool. And you just happen to be a Christian. That's a huge win. And I think we should be excited um, to celebrate just opening up and having any level of trust with a non-Christian. So if I'm in this place, Carolyn, where I just don't trust Christians, where I don't trust their motives, I don't, I've seen maybe some sleazy things that Christians have done in media or on TV, and you approach me and you tell me that I need to commit my life to follow Jesus. I need to join a church. I need to start giving 10% of my money to the church. Like, I am not going to do that. Yeah, that's probably not going to be as successful. So again, it's it's seeing who this person is. Some people, some people, they're ready. Some people are willing to, and we'll talk about those people later. Some people are willing to just jump at that opportunity. But for a lot of people, that's that's not a, at all a good strategy. So this is a strategy. This is a way to see that there is value in just building friendship with that person, and that's what they need. They need someone to be willing to listen to them, get in their life, get coffee with them, and just see like, oh, not all Christians are bad. Because I have a friend named Steve, and he's really nice, and he's not like those other Christians. And through there, they can see who God is through just your friendship with them. So that that's the first threshold trust. Well, you know, one of the things that happened that I experienced when I was working as a pastor is I looked around my friendship circle and everyone that I was spending time with, all of my friends were already Christians. And I actually didn't have any friends. I had a a short season where I didn't have any friends who were not connected to my church. And I realized that actually, if I'm going to be engaged in evangelism, I need to be willing and able 
to make friends and to trust. I needed to trust people who were not following Jesus to develop relationships with them for the good of my own faith. And so, you know, one of the things as I've engaged in this kind of trust building exercise, Carolyn, and this is maybe where the second threshold comes in, is that while it's a huge win for someone to learn to trust a Christian, learn maybe even more broadly to trust Christians, that's not the same as becoming a Christian, right? That That's not a, a conversion, a complete conversion experience. It's, it's good. It's, it's progress, but there's, there's more. Yeah. And I think a lot of the students on your campus and faculty, they'll be in this threshold. They will have, or they'll be past this threshold. They'll have a lot of friends because of classes or just associations where they're Christian and they're obviously around a lot of people. I think Steve and I, I think I'm in a similar boat where we aren't in a college context anymore. So we're not in community like we were, where we were just seeing a bunch of non-Christians all the time. So a lot of people could be having trust with you and they'll be in the next threshold potentially where they are very open or not open. Sorry. The next threshold is called curious. And those people are very curious about the world, how people will see it and experience it. And I think this is very common in Gen Z. They're very intellectually intellectually accepting and they're just really curious about how other people see it. And they can be curious about everybody. I mean, I'm really curious about um, just really, I, I, I'm very intrigued by different culture and people groups. And, you know, like I I go to Comic-Con just because I'm really interested in like what those people do and think and LARPing and all this stuff. But I think it's just more of an outsider. But I, but for me, like by example of Comic-Con, it's like, I'm not really interested in joining the community. It's more of like, I like to people watch and ask questions about like, what, what gets them excited about this? Why are they involved? And I think a lot of people can do that about Christians or just in general, like they, are just curious and they're like, oh, that's cool for you, but that's not really for me. But I, I, that's awesome that you do that. So it's kind of that conversation with themselves is they might be asking it, but they're very personally distant from it. Yeah. So not everybody who has crossed that trust threshold has also crossed the, the curiosity threshold, right? So there may be some friends who really trust you. They really like you. But if you start talking about your faith, their eyes just glaze over. And so part of our ministry activity for people who are in that curiosity phase is really to let them steer, but to give them nudges to say, all right, well, what issues of faith are you most curious about? To to kind of put lines in the water that might get their conversational gears moving. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of people in this threshold, I get really excited because I think when people are curious and they're asking questions, it's because they really want to know, but it turns out they don't really want to know sometimes. And they just are intellectually curious about what's going on, but they don't really put their own stake in it. So like what, what Steve was saying, when you ask them questions about what issues of faith do you care about? They'll be like, Oh, I do have questions of my faith and I have that, that one experience, or I am, you know, really struggling with, I don't really believe that. And once they make it more personal, I think it is really helpful and helps them get to the next stage, which would be open. And this one's a really exciting one because it's helping people see if they're open to seeing if God can meet a need in their life. And sometimes that happens when they're in crisis or stress, but it's basically when people become more personal and they're willing to take a risk on God. It's a really exciting one because I 
I feel like God really needs people in this stage. Yeah. Well, and it, and it reflects something that's really true about conversion is that conversion always involves change. There's always something in us that is transformed as we start to follow Jesus. And it could be change in our belief. It could be change in our behavior. It could be change in our belonging. They all start with B. So it, it, it must be true. It, it, it alliterates. It must be true. But, you know, that, that kind of openness to change, it, it is really powerful. And, and when you get to see that happen, there, there are times where we see someone who is suddenly open to change and we think, oh, wow, they are just about to become a Christian, right? Like they're, they're right there. Like they're open to change. You know, I I had a friend who had a significant drinking problem and, you know, he, he realized he couldn't keep going that way. And, and so he was open to change. And so I'm like talking to him about Jesus and how Jesus can help him to, to, replace the needs that he's trying to find in his alcoholism. And and he was super open to change, but what he wasn't open to in that moment was Jesus. He wasn't, he wasn't actually looking to Jesus as an answer. He wasn't, he wasn't actually focused on Jesus. He was more kind of wandering, right? He didn't want to stay where he was, but, but he was, he was not moving in, in a concerted direction yet. So that's a really good point. I think actually that's in the fourth threshold, which is searching. So when people are open, they're like, oh, I'm open to trying. I'm I'm open to trying something. I'm open to seeing if, you know, I'm open to going to church or going to Bible study. Like they don't really have any expectations, but they're just open. But when they start wandering, which is where I got really stuck with a friend, (laughs) they are searching for deeper meaning and they're asking, is Jesus, could Jesus be worth following? Or it's also really confusing because like I had a friend who was open and I was like, Oh, this is so exciting. You're going to church, you're praying. And they had this crazy experience with God. Like God spoke to them audibly. And I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. That's Jesus. Like we're going, all lights are go. And he just went and wandered. He was like, I'm going to go to Africa and drink a tea and have experience. Like I was like, what is happening? Have like a mystical experience. He wanted a mystical experience because he was like, I do not think it's God. I think it's something else. I don't know what just happened. And I was really taken aback. And so when this, when I was hearing about this threshold, it was so helpful because a lot of people are in this. It's tricky because they look like they could be going to God, but in reality, it's like they start looking for anything for deeper meaning Um, especially when it comes after open and they're in a type of crisis, like they're looking for, they're looking for God, but what they find is in other religions and relationships and community, like communities or groups like gaming or gym or Equinox, like they're just, they're looking for that deeper purpose and they could replace Jesus with meaning. And so our challenge, something I love that Doug says, I don't know why I love it, but I love it. It's, we need to help focus their quest. That's the challenge for this threshold they're starting to search because they realize they have this deep need in their life and they're trying to fill it. And there's so many things in this world that are distracting and that look like they can fill it, but Jesus is really the only thing. And so it's helping focus that with Jesus. And so it's asking them, if you can find the answer to one question that would help you trust Jesus, what would it be? And so it's really focusing them on exploring God as an option. Are you willing to put some time into exploring Jesus? This could be a really great place for a gig 
um, for this person. It's like, I, I know there's something out there. I don't know. I don't think it's God. And it's like, well, let's just try it. Let's just see what Jesus says. And so that's a really exciting stage because that's really getting deeper into the Bible. Well, and this really helps illustrate that um, that core principle of matching your ministry to where people are at spiritually. Because if someone is at this stage where they're searching, right, they're at this threshold and they're searching and, and or maybe they're meandering and they're wandering. And if instead of focusing their quest, you ask them if they want to bake cookies, you're missing an opportunity, mm. right? I mean, that, you could still bake cookies with your friends, right? But but if you are so focused on building trust, building trust, building trust, building trust, and, and that's all you're doing in terms of your ministry, you might miss this opportunity to help someone focus their quest, focus their spiritual quest. And so that matching piece is really, really great. Yeah, and that's a great point because, you know, people that are at the curiosity, they might come to your Bible study, but their whole mindset is just they want to know more about this religion. And so they're not personally involved, but it's still really important to engage them in those conversations to help them and challenge them to be open. I think that's the thing I've learned about from Doug is, you know, it's not like it's, you know, these people can be at all of these stages, but it's understanding and knowing what questions to challenge them on to keep moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, actually this reminds me, uh, we haven't really mentioned it yet and um, we put a link to it in the show notes, but Doug actually, Doug Schaup wrote a book with Don Everts years and years ago called I Once Was Lost. It's one of the best books on evangelism that I've ever read. I'd highly recommend it. And they really drill down into why these five thresholds are important. They talk about how these five thresholds came about. There are lots of stories and illustrations. It's definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. Uh, So uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. But before we wrap up this episode, I really do think we should share the fifth threshold. I know. It's like, we almost forgot, Steve. We almost forgot about the fourth, the fifth one. <laughs> didn't forget it. Didn't forget it. It's the one, it's the one that, it's the one that we're all aware of, right? It's the one, when we think about evangelism, this is what we think about. Yes. This is, this is the, maybe, well, they're all really important, but this is the one where it's most traditional and it's the follower. It's being ready to say, I am ready to follow Jesus my whole life. And I hope my friends encounter God too. So it's, putting their faith in Christ. And so it's, at, it's challenging them to accept Jesus, which is what we probably think of within evangelism. It's like, are you willing to surrender your life to God now that you've been through this journey? Um, and then who, you know, you can ask them like, who or what has been the leader of your life? What would it look like for Jesus to lead? Um, and then you can share the gospel with them. You could share what InterVarsity does is the big story, which we have another course where we'll talk about. Um, the big story and, and explain to them like what is the gospel what they're accepting. Um, there's also a second part of this challenge when when they are followers of Jesus, we actually invite them to see if they want to start a movement on their campus either or if they want to tell their friends about Jesus. We believe in university that new believers are the best witnesses. They are most even though they probably aren't like having that much knowledge of the Bible, their passion and what God's doing in their life is so amazing that we want to capture that and have them share it with their friends. And I think that's biblical. God does that all the time in the Bible. And he sends people that have one experience with God and they don't even know what just happened out into the world to tell them what just happened. And I think that's really exciting. 
Well, and, and part of this is, is due to actually the structure of the conversion process and journey. So, you know, so say, you know, imagine I'm a faculty person, you know, I'm a, I'm a professor and I come to faith in Christ. Well, then I look around and say, okay, well, who is it who trusts me? Well, you know, a lot of the people who trust me, a lot of my friends are probably people who are not Christians because that's my social network at this point. And so when I speak about my faith, when I talk about my faith, they are more likely to immediately become curious. Like, you know, wow, you know, Steve is a brilliant, I don't know, I'm making the story up. So in, in this story, I'm going to be a brilliant research professor and, uh, you know, publish lots of articles. And so if I start talking about my faith, people will move pretty quickly from trust to curiosity because that trust is already in place. And so this stage is something we really think that you could have an impact in someone in starting a gospel movement on your campus. So Carolyn, let's kind of walk through these five one more time. So there's, there's trust. What comes after trust? Curiosity, openness, searching, and following. Some people could go through these really quickly, but Doug and Don Everett have interviewed thousands of people. And this is what they think is the spectrum for what people go. So I've noticed like in my friendships, like some people will skip one, not skip, but they'll just move quickly, like through one. Like, okay, I'm open, but like, what about this? What about this? Like, they'll just move very quickly. But I think it's really important to see where people are. And I think, I hope that it's helpful for our volunteers um, seeing on their own campus. Uh, and, you know, I would just challenge you to reflect on your own journey, reflect how you, human faith, or your friendships and, you know, that what, Do- what Doug says, like, the best thing comes with practice and reading and trying this with your friends and, and listening to where they're at. And we'll keep talking about it. We, you know, in the next episode, like we were, we've been saying, well, we're going to be talking to Doug and Janie about this and, and hear their stories. And we're really excited. Well, and let me just say one more thing before we, before we wrap. If you're listening to this and you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you're listening in and you're just kind of wondering what, you know, what do these intervarsity people talk about? We hope that you hear in this, our desire that you would go on this journey towards Jesus and also our willingness to respect you at wherever you are in your spiritual process. We think that's really important. We, we, we don't want to uh, manipulate or take advantage or, um, you know, treat people like commodities, we actually think you have tremendous value because we think that God loves you. So if you're, if you're listening in on this, we're so glad that you're listening. Please feel free to listen to, to this whole thing. There's no secrets here. Uh, and, and it's our hope that you would actually take a step in your own spiritual journey. We hope it would be a step toward Jesus. Yeah, that's a really great point. And, and I really love this tool just simply because I feel like God does a lot of the work. Like I think our role is to discern and challenge, but seeing that God meets so many of these questions in so many ways and does things in their heart. Like we're not convincing people. We're not like using hard sale tactics with this. We're just asking like, are you, are you willing to let God meet with you? Like, are you willing to to try Jesus out in a Bible study. Like these are really open ended questions that put a lot of emphasis on God doing stuff. And I think that's really special and puts a lot of weight off our shoulders. I think that's really good. (laughs) Um, So see, do you mind just praying for us to close? Yeah, let's pray. Um, Jesus, thank you so much that 
you are generous toward us to include us in the spiritual journeys of people we encounter on campus. Thanks for the students and faculty who have made this journey and are making this journey. Lord Jesus, thank you for the people who are trusting us, who are trusting us to have good intentions toward them. Would you help us to be worthy of that trust? Um, Jesus, thank you for the people who are curious and are asking great questions about you and spirituality. Uh, Would you help us to lean into that curiosity? Uh, Thank you for the folks who are open, uh, open to change in their life, open to see you meet a need for them. Uh, Jesus, would you come through for them? Would you give them exactly what they need? Uh, Jesus, for those who are searching, would you help us to focus their quest? Would you help us to point them toward toward you? Would you help us to be bold in our invitations toward them? And for those who are ready to become followers, to cross the threshold into your kingdom, Jesus, we pray that you would give them spiritual power and courage to make that step. Would you please include us in their journey in that moment? Would you help us to see your work in their lives? We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Well, this is one of my, obviously my favorite topics <laughs> to talk about. I love evangelism. Um, so I'm excited to keep talking with Doug and Jamie throughout this uh, podcast. And, you know, it's kind of hard to visualize the five thresholds. We have some great resources that just simply put this in a tool spectrum, like visually. So that'll be in the show notes. Also, all of this information is on the ministry playbook. So please go online, check it out. There is a lot more content. There's a great video series that also dives into the thresholds. So definitely check that out and hear about more courses. We talked about a couple in this episode and there is so much content on through podcasts and online. So keep subscribing, keep checking this out. Thanks. 